so like like yesterday we got home and um all I remember is I was talking to Isa and talking to Nubia and I and I grabbed one of the couches, like those little small pillows. Yeah. And I just folded it in half and I was listening to conversation. I put my head down. And then uh, next thing I know, I wake up and it's five o'clock in the morning and I've been sleeping <laughs> on the floor of the living room and my neck hurts like hell. <laughs> and they and just left like, you there all night? They just left me there. They're like, give me a sit. Oh I'm trying God. to wake you up. It's like, I'm pretty sure there's no way I... I, I was going to be awake at that point, so. The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow The Minnesota Football Show at mnfootballshow.com on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Bienvenidos and welcome to another episode of the Minnesota Football Show. Coming to you live from my Zoom make-believe bedroom. Um, (laughs) With me today, Bridget. Yeah. How are you, Bridget? I'm all right. I'm a little warm, but uh, but otherwise things are good. So, how about you? Well, back uh, back from your uh, your corporate mouse, I think is yeah, what you're calling it. The corporate. Uh, well, we didn't go to the mouse, but we went corporate capitalist uh, uh, trip. So, yep, yep. I went and conquered Jurassic Park. So that's what yes. I want to do. There you go. And the girl, yeah, no, we had a great time. Um, my favorite thing, and I've told everyone does that we went to the beach, like a real beach. Yeah. Like, with like a real ocean, not Lake Superior kind of thing, but you know, like a real <laughs> ocean. And so, yeah, I think that was probably the funnest memory for me just because I haven't been to a beach in like 20 years. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was and the last time any of them were at the beach. I mean, no, last time Isa like was at the beach, she was like three. So she probably doesn't remember it. Well, I mean, last time, the first time we took her, like she wanted to play with the water. Yeah. And she, her introduction to how waves work in the ocean <laughs> was a rough one. Let's just put it that way. That's... And so, but this time it was good. I mean, I mean, they loved it. Went out there. They Good. collected seashells, built sun castles. Nice. We were um, we visited um, this um, this beach. It was an hour away from Orlando that a friend suggested. I think is it is it Bethune? Is B E E B E T H U N E? That yeah, that sounds right. But one of the most intriguing things about this was the fact that that beach. In the 1940s to 1950s, was one of the few beaches around where, like, um, where um, African Americans were allowed to actually be on the beach. Oh, yeah. So, like, there's a big later history. So it's called uh, Mary, make make M C L E O D. So that's like McLeod 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 Bethune Beach Park. So it's in uh, Volusia County in Florida. It's free. It's in um, 
It's it's in New Smyrna Beach. And it was really cool, like, because cool. we drove there. And, like, like when you drive anything in the sea, like, it's like, a, it feels like you're driving in a one lane, one direction. <laughs> and then to the right, you see the buildings. And to the left, you see the beach. And you're like, and so, like, we turn to the left. And it was like, man, we're looking like we're driving up someone's driveway right next to someone's yeah. house. And that's where the beach is. And I was like, holy cow. So that's it was cool. great. No, that was that was probably my, my funnest memory just because all the other things. And all the pool time Santi got, I think, is probably the funnest thing, too. <laughs> Those pictures were awesome. He was having yeah. a blast in there. He was having a blast. And the funny thing about him is every time he go into the pool, he get a bloody nose. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> and then we figured out it was because, like, he kept on holding his, his pinching his nose as he was going down to go oh. down. Then the, and then they would come, but then like it would go away, and then he'd be fine for the rest of the two hours he was in the pool. <laughs> like there's a one point where like it's like a pressure problem. Yeah. So like we like so we finally told him so you can't you can't do that. You just, yeah. So he learned, but then there was also ducks. A family of ducks have made themselves at home at the pool. So like every once in a while you'd be out in the in the pool, and all of a sudden there's like five ducklings, no four ducklings, and the mama just swimming around. Just. No fear of humans whatsoever. You don't see that very often. You don't. Yeah. They, specifically. they usually avoid those. They don't like the chlorine, but. Not these huh. ducks. I have pictures <laughs> for that. I'll send it out some other day, but we'll do that. They're like, but, this yeah. is my pool. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had ducks in my pool. I wish I had a pool, right. but I, I, I understand <laughs> now why like Florida, like if you live in Florida, like, like, like if you don't have a pool. It just doesn't, it's not feasible. <laughs> like, it's so hot. It's like, yeah. it's like by like 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. is like 92 degrees. And I'm like, yeah. geez. Yeah. I would not be able to do that without a pool to jump into. And I was like, I was like, it's I think we're to cool off. And so I was like, geez. So, the, so pool becomes a, a economic status symbol. So I was like, geez. <laughs> Isa, Isa got used to it. And she loved it. And she's like, I, I think I might want to move down here. I said, well, you do that. But if you move down here, make sure that. You have a pool, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, or because I, or else I'm not coming to visit." <laughs> so. So I have a friend whose parents retired down there, and they like a couple of years ago when when they first went down there, they hit like 95 and a heat index of like 110 or like something ridiculous, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just hanging outside. We have we have the pool. It's fine." <laughs> Like anyone who was sitting outside was at the pool. It right. was kind of hilarious. And and I learned real quick what like a 95, 97 degree in Florida is totally different than a 97 yeah. degree in Minnesota. <laughs> and I'll tell you this right now, I'll take a 97 degree in Minnesota any day. <laughs> My boss used to live in Orlando and he'll say that all the time. At least I'm at least I'm not in Florida right now. I will take this. It's better than Florida. Yeah, I mean, like, literally, like, like, every time. And then the thunderstorms in Florida, like, they're literally, like, like, someone opens up the sprinkler and just, just you know, dumps. grabs the sprinkler and just, like, puts it in your face. Wow. Because we went we went to um, one of the resorts that's, like, a beach resort type of thing, right? Where they make their wave pools. And we were there for, like, maybe an hour. We're all in the wave pool, jumping in the wave pool because wave pools are cool. That's a new mm-hmm. thing now. Yeah, because they are cool. And then all of a sudden, it just started pouring, like nonstop pouring. We're all already wet. We don't really care. 
Right. And then like we're like, oh, maybe it's like Minnesota, right? Yeah, you wait five minutes and it's over. Right? <laughs> and it stops. 25 minutes later, it's still <laughs> <laughs> we're like, okay, we're going home. We're all wet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's good to see you, Bridget. Yeah, you too. See your face. Uh just me and you today. Eric is uh trying to find his voice, lost it somewhere <laughs> in the anti-capitalist world that is uh the other side of Wisconsin, I hope. Uh, yeah. But uh, but we're here to talk about uh, some soccer and some football and all the wonderful, crazy things that are happening in this world. Um, so speaking of the Crows, Minneapolis City 2 actually moves on in, is it, what, what was this, the, the playoffs, right? Or are they? Yeah, that was the quarter final, I believe. Okay. And then, yeah, and then and then winning PKs three over two over the uh, Raptors FC, and yes. I, I I saw all the tweets on on the interwebs <laughs> flooding my phone because I was there were nowhere near to be able to watch any of this stuff while I was traveling. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It But was congrats. it was a good game. They played really well. Yeah, congrats to the Crows. Congrats to uh, Minneapolis City and moving on to the next round. And congrats just overall to to the, the the staff and and all the other people that are, are working hard over there so it's good news to see um yeah so they played was it uh yesterday right um uh, yeah so the, the City semifinals for the mm -hmm. senior team yep and so do we know if they they didn't see they they, yeah they they won three zero So they'll play in the final uh, tomorrow afternoon, Sunday, like 1.30 or something. Right. And then uh, um, and then Minneapolis City 2 plays on Sunday, July 25th at 4 p.m. against the uh, New York Contour. So that's, yeah. that's tomorrow. Wow. So well, they had was the, conference final on Sunday. So this should be really yeah. interesting. And of course, Minneapolis City, if they can... If they can air it or find a way to have people watch it, they usually do that. I appreciate that they do that. I think they will, yeah. Yeah, they were able to do a stream of last night's game. Yeah. Um, so. And I think they do plan to. Uh, the thing that was cool about Minneapolis City 2 going to Detroit, uh, so they're, they're playing in Detroit against this team from New York because it's kind of a meet-in-the-middle type of situation. Um, but in order to they had a gofundme in order to get everybody there because obviously they like this second team there's a lot of guys who are like you know 16 18 years old they didn't want them to have to travel alone just what they would have done if um if they weren't able to afford a bus to take them out there so they did a gofundme to get the funds for a bus to drive all the way out there and back um and in Just a few days, they reached half their goal, and their goal was like thirteen or fifteen thousand dollars or something like that. But uh, they they made it happen. So they they left uh, last night or this morning. Um, yeah, and it, it was just cool to kind of see everybody come together. Some people from Detroit were were kicking in money as well because they wanted to see them come to their stadium again and and play this match. So 
it's is cool how the, everyone comes together for these. Was it, is that where they were they playing at the Detroit FC Stadium or? It, uh, I'm not sure what the yeah. which stadium. Let's just interesting uh, though. Oh, it's on here, Oakland University. Oh, okay. Never mind. No. Yeah. I thought there would be a Kevin Venegas connection at some point. Right? <laughs> not quite. But that's good. Well, that's good. Um, uh, let's see. You know, we played uh, Minnesota United play Seattle Sounders. Um, and I actually got to watch this game in my hotel room. Like, I was like, oh, great. They're going to play it. They're not going to show it. And, sh- and it was right there. It was there. And like, so me and Nubia watched it. And me and Nubia yelled at the TV way too much. Yeah. But there, let's just put this in perspective. There's a lot of Seattle. yelling in that game. Yeah. 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 The Seattle Sounders were not the mighty Seattle Sounders that we usually, <laughs> you know, get 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 walloped by. So of course they don't have they didn't have Jordan Morris or or uh, Jordy Delem, both uh, ACL injuries. Um, Stephen Fry has like a like a blood clot issue, right? That's the scariest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Uh, Nico Lodato. Still out, rolled down, of course, international duty. And Alex, of course, yeah, uh, international duty for the, with the selector. And um, Will Bruin, meniscus surgery. I mean, Shane O'Neill, hip flexor, new abductor. I mean, like, they so literally nine had starters. To, yeah. <laughs> they literally had to go, like, sign teenagers from an affiliate yeah. Tacoma team to be able yeah. to try to fill a full 24, which they didn't. They had to get 18. And of course, we started with the uh, new up top, Reynoso, Fragapane, Lude, Will Trap, uh, Dotson, Gasper, Debasi, Coleman, because Boxy is still uh, injured and recovering, though he started some training by himself. Um, mm-hmm. He's still on the recovery uh, and of course, you know, our, 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 our new, our, our hype DJ, DJ Taylor also uh, was able to get a start. And for our subs, you know, we had uh, Raitala, uh, Alonso, Gregus, Hayes, McMaster, Finley, Hansen, and Agudelo. Um, Seattle came out with the, um, the Hendrix Purple Hayes kids. They look pretty cool. I really like those. those yeah. Yeah, and it I like the contrast between those and the and the river kits. Yeah, it was cool. So like we were watching this game and like um and it was just like a lot of like sloppiness, but mm-hmm. the problem for us has always been when we play Seattle is like we gain possession and we press like heck for the first half. Yep. But we don't produce dangerous situations, right? Uh, and even though, like, we created situations here, um, they weren't that were like goal scoring opportunities, right? No, you know, and that's one of the things that you know you'd have to look about, at about like 20 in, yards out, everything would fall apart every yeah, single play. The midfield was just not the not the the, no, the creativity was not the greatest at that beginning. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's, I just don't know. I think Unu is still trying to get in shape. Unu is also mm-hmm. trying to, um, trying to getting to know all these guys. Yeah, getting to know everyone, this how is, everyone plays. This is Lud's first game back from 
internationals, so he's. No, I think uh, he's. Yeah, no, this is the first time starting. His, his, his second game back. Second time back, but first start. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, so he's still getting the feel for that front four. Yep. And I mean, and and that's the thing too is it was just one of those games where um. Where uh, it was just one of these games where like it was just it was going back and forth like we were creating opportunities. Yeah. But it's just like nobody wanted to shoot the ball. And it was, I mean, most of those opportunities were coming from the back line. I mean, you'd you'd chase Gasper pressing, you'd, you'd Taylor pressing, and they're they're basically playing the wing roles. Um, and not like we always get so excited when Lewis is put on the right side because that's his that's his best side. Um, but then we were channeling everything through the left and not mixing it up. So Seattle shut that down every single time. Um, eventually, Wood was able to get up there and, and make that goal. Uh, but that's because he was essentially crashing the net. Um, yeah, the press starting from the back, it's it can be effective, but that's not obviously what you want, when you, especially when you have a front four like this. We expect a lot more from that group. Um, to, I'm fine with Chase running forward, but I, if he's if he's the guy trying to create all the chances, there's an issue. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, the other thing too is that we, DJ Taylor does a really good job of one v one defending and, yeah. and getting yeah. the ball up there, um, and he's beginning to learn how to play with that right side. So how to play yeah. with Reynoso, how to play with whoever is on that side to be able to. His clearances yeah. aren't just like aimless. He can right. distribute better. And yeah. he, he's, yeah. he's doing a good job of doing that. The, the thing that concerns me mostly about this team right now is how like Reynoso is, is one of the leaders and stats in the aspect of creating chances, uh-huh. like scoring opportunities, but not, but, but not, but he, nothing's really coming through. from that, <laughs> right? And at the same time, he's also as of lately, he's been getting dispossessed a lot, like in our yes. own midfield, yes. and those created opportunities he's, that our these our defense has to step up and, and try to absorb. He's a massive target, and so, they don't know how to counter that. Yeah, so like, I, so like, remember when we're like, we used to talk about Tomas Chacon. Um, he likes to get the ball out quickly out of his feet. I, I think. I think Reynoso needs to needs to trust his teammates more and just be like one two mm-hmm. pass the ball, because you yeah. know he's going to attract pressure. And yeah, when he attracts there were, pressure, there were plenty of those moments in this game where he was drawing everyone to him, and there's a passing channel, and he's got guys forward he can pass to, and he would just dribble right in the into trouble again and get dispossessed yep. and or or he pretend to play musical dribbling chairs with where the other two defenders yeah. that is and he try yeah. to go in circles and then boom he lose the ball <laughs> right and i think that's that's like one of the situations where like um a will trap or a or a dotson have to communicate you know pass it they back need to own it. Yeah. right they have to be like they you know Ray might be your leader in some sort of sense, but someone's got to yell at somebody and say, "Hey, exactly. ball, yeah. right?" So, and so that that's 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 the identity that needs to be distributed, and it's and it's different because Boxy's captain and Will Trepp's done a good job as being captain as well too. Um, but it's just you need that you need that vocal leadership mm-hmm. to be able to do that, and um, and we're not seeing it currently right now. I mean, no, I mean there there was 
a bit from Miller in this one. Um, he was a little bit more vocal than usual, yelling at guys to get forward and pointing out spaces. Um, yeah, there need there needs to be a lot more, and there needs to be more communication between uh, those two aspects of midfield. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Is just that, but like literally at half, like Rui Diaz had more shots on goal than the whole Minnesota United team had the first half. Right? Then they had just shots in general. <laughs> I, if you in, if you look in at the entire you, game, Minnesota right. had what two shots on goal, and like maybe seven or eight shots and Seattle had like seven shots on goal. Uh, the stats say that uh, Minnesota had two shots on goal and, and Seattle had four. <laughs> so like, if you look at, like if you look at in Seattle, right. Who had a shot on goal on to- shot on target. Right. You look at, um, and yeah, Rodriguez had two. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> So like literally, you had one whole player who who had no one that was feeding him the ball, yep. right? Because he was able to create his own chances, and like literally it, almost burn us twice. Miller was able to, to put some really good saves yeah, on those shots from Rudias, yeah. but it was one of those things. Like he's going to do it. Taylor and, and Coleman and the, had some had some goal line action too, yeah. and that's really all that saved them. Mm-hmm. No, it, it kind of reminds me of was it like twenty eighteen. Uh, 2017 at TCF when um, we there were a few games where like we managed to win but it was one goal on target and, and or one shot on target and one goal scored and it was it was like well great we've got a hundred percent conversion rate but you're only taking one chance right That's the thing, right <laughs> like I mean it's it's ridiculous. Like it, it ends up working out and they use that as like a, we'll see things aren't that bad. Well, no, yeah. it like you, you got lucky that your, your one shot was the one that went in. And, and that's the that's thing. Not, like, not something to be proud of. Right. And, <laughs> the, and I think that's the, the thing too, is just that, um, that we like that first half, like we were creating chances, but we weren't creating yeah. dangerous opportunities. Like we had the ball. Yeah. Sure. But if you really think about it, like Seattle playing the counter was able to uh, to do all the other stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. So we saw Tyler Miller get get another clean sheet, uh, but he was called on way too many times to to make those actions. Um, and any time that we're spending a lot of time talking about defense and pushing the goalkeeper and the and the back line. Uh, means that there's probably something wrong with the game. Uh, but good work from him, good work from the back line who are kind of tossed together uh, for this game. They're definitely they're starting to build that chemistry in the back that we didn't see right. for a while. With and those, I think, I think one of the really cool things that, I, that we've been missing from like last year, and this is, this is sort of the Molino factor, is looking for those deep through balls yeah and the bossy and one of those was, was was able to get the ball and pull up the i think it was the right or left wing and he just put a through ball that who knew diagonally he made a run at and was able to get possession and yep. 
you know, that was a VAR moment where like we're like that should have been a PK, right? And mm-hmm. it didn't it was, happen. But that that was yeah. one of the cool things that I saw that I liked is that we were doing that. And Reynoso, Reynoso's passes are always short, like they're not extremely yeah. long, right? And um, and I think that's what we need. We need someone else to be able to give that threat because Unu was one of those players who will run into space exactly if given that and so and i you know i know new is frustrated you can totally tell it at times but overall i think i mean he hasn't played soccer like at this type of level for like you know six months or whatever yeah, right in a sense was, so like he was sitting around for for a good six months when we picked him up so uh he is gonna keep getting better he does look better every game i mean yeah. he's not his he's movement not getting is, is one he of looks, the things that that yeah. i really enjoy yep yep yeah, and especially off the ball. Um, yeah. He's really good working in, in tight space with the ball, but uh, yeah, his movement off the ball is really impressive. Yeah. And though there's plenty of ways to take advantage of that. Like like you said with Debassi, uh, Taylor was was kind of playing that role too. Right. Uh, I mean, both of them are really good at like looking up and seeing where those spaces are and where they can work work through and try to find the final third. Um, whereas yeah. we see Gasper most of the time, just kind of boot it long and hope that it, hope that it reaches somebody. Right. And, and, and you can see the chemistry between Fragapani and Gasper. Yes. And I think, yep. and I think that's one of the things too, that Fragapani has brought to this. Now it's not the chemistry, but the fact that he yells at Gasper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where he wants the ball, what he wants to do. <laughs> yep. Yep. So and so like Gas was like, okay, you tell me what to do, I'll do yeah. it, right? And so he'll yeah. do it. So like, so now he's 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 becoming so much less of the liability. He doesn't have to focus yeah. so much on creating he, opportunities, and he just focuses on what and when. And if it takes him, you know, if if that means that Fragapane wants him involved in that aspect of it, then they'll communicate that, and he does that. And so he's exactly. he's been better than yeah. the starting. He's, so I mean, he's been he's been putting in the work off the off the pitch as well uh we've these guys have posted a few clips gasper's learning spanish and trying to like get better at communicating with his with these new teammates on the pitch um he spends a lot of time with those guys uno fragapani uh reno so they they'll all hang out and and work on work on those things so i think they have that relationship now where they can be like dude listen to me get up there like get the ball here, uh, do what I'm telling you to do. And it, it shows. Yeah. They're definitely getting a lot better in that transition. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the other thing too. It's just uh, the emergence of DJ Taylor really mm-hmm. um, kind of puts, uh, I don't want to say a damper, but, but like, like, but gives us, gives us more of a support for Metanier that he doesn't have to play every game. Yeah. Yep. And, and DJ Taylor has proved in these last couple of games that he's, he's comfortable where, where he is and he's confident. Right. And he, yeah. and that kid's fast. So, so fast. He's fast and he dribbles into the box when needed to. And so yep. that's one of the things that like we've been seeing. I mean, we had 14 crosses in this game. So we're not missing Metanier that much. Right. Yeah. He, he plays very much the same way. He's making those same crosses, uh, making dangerous plays on defense. He's, he's not, af- not afraid to go slide into the ball and, and take that tackle. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a like for like sub who 
perfect depth piece. And I mean, Mentner is back and I'm sure he will start against Portland, but I'll kind of miss seeing Taylor in there, honestly. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things that you'll see is like, and, and this is one of the things that, um, that also is like, you know, we were, we weren't, clicking or meshing are creating chances opportunities that well like in that show yeah. in the second half and that's the, what usually when we play seattle we give them a half right and 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 then in the second half they're like oh now we're gonna go and do stuff and they did and and they were creating opportunities uh and and, and miller came out big and so did our defense and a, a couple of chances like that but it's just that's the thing is like if you when you play in a team like seattle um you you when you when you start and you want to start right you want to be able to at least create chances create like goal scoring opportunities yeah. and we we really knew that too much but credit to Heath and the water breaks I, he was trying to communicate with people <laughs> what he wanted them to do and when he saw what Seattle was doing he started making changes and these are like substitutions yeah that were tactical yep that's the yeah, first time the, I'll say that yeah it wasn't the usual water breaks that we saw last season where he would spend that time uh, not really talking to the guys. Maybe he talked to one or two and, and kind of make an adjustment, but for the most part, the guys were left on their own um, and kind of given a chance to, to talk about, you know, maybe what they needed the guy next to him to do. But right. yeah, we finally see Heath jumping in there and taking advantage of that and saying, Hey, look, we, we need to make this change. Um, and Schmetzer is really good at, at doing that. So uh, he was he was playing Schmetzer's game. Um, and I think that's that was the one thing I was concerned about with this one. I mean, we when you look at the, the first half against Seattle, anytime we play them versus the second half, it's really a matter of, of the coach standing up at some point around halftime and saying, all right, let's do our thing now. We let them have their 45 minutes and, and we're going we're right. to take over now. And that was Seattle's uh, plan. Seattle's plan was yeah. to weather the storm and then try yeah. to see if they can, you know, they can they can walk away with points, right? Exactly. And you can totally tell that. Uh, and I think that's that's one of the things, too, is just that, you know, those substitutions were key. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to look at the substitutions for that for that day, but that game, but it was uh, – it was um, – I think uh, who came in? Hold on. Um, it was Nick uh, Hansen came in, right? I think yes. it was uh, yes. substitution. Yeah, Hansen came in for a new in the 74th minute. I think that was that was a good substitution. Yeah. Because not only because new was still trying to work on him, but what we need a lot, um, and why I always I always like Dotson being in the attacking four was because Dotson always pushes the ball forward. Like that's his yes. first instinct is to push the yeah. ball forward. And sometimes we get caught with the pretty, pretty soccer, which is great to watch, but if you're not pushing the ball forward, then you're not really trying to trying to create those uh, scoring opportunities because uh, Atencio had come in for Smith from Seattle, literally like five minutes before. Mm-hmm. And Atencio was ch- changing the dynamic of the team. <laughs> As he usually yeah. is, right? That's what you want, you know. Um, yeah. And then it was connecting with with uh, with Freddie, right? Um, with Freddie Montero, 
mm-hmm. who was you know trying to be like the leader on that on, on the team while everybody else was was on there and i think that's one of the key substitutions that you have to see uh and then you know we have the uh, we have the attempted uh miss um unu right right in the 71st at choice yeah. and and totally misses right and yep. so that's that's one of the things that um that you see but when the substitution was made i think the interesting thing is lude became a striker yeah. and it just opened up so much space for us behind the, the, their, their defensive line and that's where we we got that um that through ball that Lude had. And it was, it was, it was a PK in a sense that because he did pull, it was a horse call of tackle that didn't <laughs> get called that should have been called, but didn't get called. Definitely. And yeah. And literally like two minutes later, right. We get, we get the Nico Hansen, the, um, driving the in nutmeg, the, the nutmeg, yep. uh, the nutmeg, uh, pass from Reynoso, which I think he leads <laughs> yeah. the league in nutmeg he leads passes. The most. Yep. Uh, and he gets a second assist for this, uh, the second, uh, was second hand assist. Uh, Nico was running into space and, and, and creating those opportunities and being those fresh legs. And, and you know, Robin Lou does what Robin Lou does is right there in the mm-hmm. same, the right spot where he needs to be, just to tap a ball in, right? And, and literally, you know, right at the 80th minute, or yeah, it's the 81st minute. Yeah, 81st minute. Yes. We're up one. We're doing what we thought we could. We we've never done right, which is exactly getting then, close to beating Seattle in any kind of yep. format whatsoever, right? And, and then both- right away, I think everyone's thoughts went to, "All right, how are we going to screw this up in the next ten minutes? And how many minutes of stoppage time will we have to uh, to finish that?" Right. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing too, because like it became like a it became like a substitution. Uh, tactical chess yeah, game yeah. because uh, um, in the 85th uh, Leva comes off for uh, Seattle and so does uh, Sissoko who actually had a run in with Heath that I laughed so hard uh, when he it was I think the 64th minute when like he mm-hmm. was pushed by by Chase and he was laying on the ground right next to his tech, Heath's technical area. And he just picked up the ball and said something to him. And then all of a sudden, this young guy just gets up and tries to get in, in the face of a, of a coach. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, that's not going to work. And, yeah, in the face of the guy who is like three feet shorter than you. Um, I, I think so Heath was just cool. towered over him. Yeah. And Heath afterwards was like, I probably wouldn't have said that if I had realized just how tall he was. The guy he was, but uh, you know, when Soko came off, uh, they they chatted a little bit and I think shook hands and and uh, all was well. Um, but that was that was one of the highlights of the game, I think. Yeah, no, I thought it was it was it was, it was good. It was a good you know moment about the tension that there is in this in this game between these two teams. Yeah. But at, literally right after those substitutions happened from Seattle in the 85th minute, we brought in Finley for Fragapane and Alonso for Reynoso. And the, the the thing that I liked here was that we brought um, Finley into a game 
because he can run and put pressure and provide yes. support. Yeah. Right. And we know that he's got the speed. He's got to do that. And so when you make a, when you bring in alone, so you should bring in someone that will be able to help in that sense of that. And most of the games that Ozzy has come in, usually it's not been that way. Usually yeah. there isn't a supporting cast for him to be able to do that. So this is one where like, you know, it actually was, was well thought out to be able to do those changes. And I think that's what benefit us in, in keeping possession of the ball and trying to just trying not to, to make the, just not waste time, but just possess the time in order until the Pre- time runs out. Preserve, preserve that lead. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of the better, better managed games and, um, Definitely, that was that was a key factor in putting Heath in the uh, starting eleven uh, for team of the week, uh, and Lud making the bench for I think he was on the bench for team of the week and not in the starting role. Um, yeah, it was a it was a really interesting game in terms of you know managing man management versus man management. Yeah, and it's the first time we beat Seattle. <laughs> yeah. So we get that off our back. Uh, the Seattle streak had to end at one point. And was it nine? Yeah. Nine meetings, 10? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think the first win that we had might have been like back in the early 2000s, you know, like against uh, Seattle. When... Yeah, 2008 was the last time. Yeah. So Thunder. So that was one of those things is like, so I thought it was, we've seen better games, you know, but you're supposed mm-hmm. to like, when you're facing a team that you're, that they're weak in a sense, right. You got to yeah. beat them. You got to exactly. pick up those points. And, yeah. and we were able to do that. So that was good to see. Um, well, I'll just run through some uh, MLS scores right now, and then we can go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the stuff in the MLS and then we'll take a break. Um, so, this is oh, I'm trying to figure it out. So f- previous um, previous uh, to that, let's just talk about a little bit about um, what I was going to say uh, about this whole Atlanta United situation. <laughs> um, I was in Orlando and hearing all the things about you know, um, how this was kind of turning into another Chris Armas situation where, like, yeah. one of the star players is practicing on their own um, yep. doo and you're like, oh, boy, well, how is this going to work out, right? And then, um, and then you know, um, just a lot of stuff happens, like, you know, and, and, and he, uh, and then he gets canned, right? I mean, he gets yep. totally let yeah, go. That- that news came out during during the Minnesota United game. Uh, they started talking about that just before halftime. Um, and this, I mean, this 1-0 loss to New England uh, didn't help matters any, but I think there was a whole lot behind it other than the actual results um, in terms of the table and the conference. Uh, yeah, things things just keep coming out about Heinz. <laughs> Uh, limiting water through practice, finding players if they gain any weight, 
uh, in season, probably out of season as well. Things, uh, similar allegations to with against him with previous teams. Right. When you should coach um, Vela Sarfield. Yeah. No, like there's, yeah, there's yeah. even interviews being leaked out that there were um, former players who were like, yeah, we got charged, you know, a hundred dollars if we were, you know, over a hundred grams over our weight. And so I'm like, oh, I like, yeah, I mean, that's what uh, people knew, but like, yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the that, trainers had the, the trainers actually stepped in uh, for Atlanta and said, Hey, we, we can't be doing this. Uh, these guys, you know, you're taking away the basic needs of these athletes uh, and risking their health for, you know, whatever his point was probably just to make a point. Right. And, um, and it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, obviously it's not helping. Like if, you, if you're doing that and you're winning every single game by like two goals, that's, I mean, you probably get away with it a little bit, but uh, yeah, they're not, they're not getting anywhere with this. Um, and it, it seemed like it was a, a whole thing of like a battle of egos between him and Joseph Martinez. And that was clearly, clearly not the case. There was, there was a lot more going on there. Right. I mean, Joseph is, is, is King in, in Atlanta. So like yeah. in that sense of that, so you can't really go against them because the fans are with Joseph. And so like, but this also falls on, you know, the president, Darren Eels and yeah. vice president, a technical director, mm-hmm. Carlos Bocanegra for not, for not, you know, like uh what's the word vetting him enough to be yeah. able to be comfortable knowing that these other like yeah, we, things have been going we knew these things before this uh so why why would you think that he's going to leave those tactics in europe when you bring right. him to mls right yeah it's just ridiculous and just to have that now adding to the track record of these guys who have hired these coaches um, are they going to make those changes and not hire someone who's also like DeBoer and, and Heinze again, or are they going to stay on the same, on the same track and just replace, uh, each of those two guys? It'll be, be an interesting few weeks here as they get into that and what happens to to players like Joseph Martinez when you bring a new coach in. It's going to be a soap opera out there in Atlanta. And that's what we like in a sense. Exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. That's in. what um, we're here for. So Wednesday's, Wednesday's games, um, we'll see Columbus and Nashville tied 0 0. Enter uh, Miami keeps on being the biggest meme in MLS uh, franchises. Uh, I think they have one of the highest paid rosters and i i don't i don't even know what they can do i mean they lose five nothing to uh the fighting bruce arenas and where all the argentinians are just on clicking on that team gustavo bo carlos giles i mean it's just it's just it's it's fun to watch um new york city fc um beat uh montreal toronto tied with new york red bulls chicago and dc tied 2-2 so, I mean, I mean, uh, the whole Cabo thing might be might be a true thing. In Atlanta, after <laughs> the news of everything, was able to pull off a tie against Cincinnati, Kansas City. Uh, you know, ties uh, the earthquakes, and that, which brings us to the 
the infamous uh, the translators can get uh, a red card situation, which I thought was like, wow, that's crazy. I was like, I was like, what what Argentinian swear word did you say? That, <laughs> did you have to translate to able to get yourself a red card? Saw, there were a lot of tweets about now everyone's going to go out and hire a translator for the head coach so that <laughs> the translator can get the red card just for saying what the coach would have been that's saying. Right, it's exactly <laughs> what we should do. Yep. Yeah, yeah, classic. and that's the, but that was classic. I was like, I was like, wow. Um, and then uh, Colorado beat FC Dallas. I feel bad for my adopted dad. Um, you know, <laughs> not having a good season so far. Uh, Real Salt Lake um, tied the LA Galaxy, and Portland was able to beat LAFC. So that which um, let's see, and then on Thursday, um, Orlando defeated Philly two to one. And Seattle was able to beat Austin one nothing with the wondrous goal of Rui Diaz Golden <laughs> Boot Watch. That, that was which insane. actually he was trying to do some of that when he was playing against us. Like he was trying to yeah. kick the ball from yep. from very far out, trying to catch Miller, and he's been trying to do that all season. And um, apparently, Brad's uh, uh, wizarding skills. Um, were more muggle than anything and so <laughs> he was not able to to just catch that but it was a beautiful goal by Rui Diaz and so and so that's where we stand as for today right and, yeah. and today we are playing the second round of craziness that is called Portland and we'll see what happens and we'll talk about that after the break Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota football show. Welcome back to the Minnesota football show. Uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming game or the game when depending when you hear this, this episode uh, <laughs> of, of the game. Uh, between uh, Portland and uh, Minnesota United. So um, there is real hype between this game <laughs> because of the previous situation that happened in Portland, the fact that we will take points away in Portland, but also because of the ramifications that happened, um, you know, between uh, Fragapane and, and Diego Chara. And so uh, rumor is right now, that um, that um, Fragapane might have cut some sort of injury bug, and he may not yeah. be in the starting, or he may not be um, playing today. But we'll see if that 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 gets confirmed later on. Uh, but you know, a lot of people were, were were looking to see what this game is, and this tough stretch that we had of games during this time. Um, should be really interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, I'm not extremely confident um, <laughs> of what we can do if we get the Minnesota United team that was playing that beautiful soccer, creating goal opportunity to score the the, the goal in like what the 
first two minutes or like 30 seconds yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. If we're, if we're at that Minnesota at home, I think that's, that's going to be great. Um, but it also brings up another question as into, you know, what is the role for John Gregush now in this Minnesota, yeah. in this Monosi team? Um, he's a DP. Um, he's, you know, he's right now, you know, he's behind Dotson and there's people who, who may not like that. And I, I just don't see a way of Gregorich getting back on the field unless Dotson, something happens to Dotson and something else, you know, right. because now Fragapane is taking the corners on the right. Uh, Reynoso takes all the left corners. You know, it's between those two and, and Gregorich, um, with him buying them down, um, might be an option. I don't know if, if trade rumors are on it, but John Gregorich is, is is a is a great midfielder. Yeah. So yeah, there's gotta yeah. be if, if it's if we have it in a imagine having him as a depth midfielder is, is a great option. But I also think that um we value there's a lot of money for for someone yeah. who's right in the bench. So we'll have to figure that out, see how that works out in itself. Um but what do you what do you what are you expecting out of this game? Um it's definitely gonna be a tough one, but I think uh, home field advantage is going to play a, a huge role. Um, they really, they do really need that energy uh, and thriving off the stadium. Um, but yeah, it needs to be, it needs to be the team that we saw in Portland. Uh, and even the team that we saw playing against Seattle, as long as they can finish those chances. Uh, obviously they did not find Uno in the, in the last in the game against Seattle as they did in Portland uh, in like one minute and 30 seconds or, or 30 seconds, uh, first minute of the game. Um, so we'll need to make those changes. Uh, I think it's, it's doable, but uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of confidence either, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if, if we, if we, play like we played seattle last time here you know it's going to be a long 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 time but mm-hmm. let's just say portland also doesn't have the greatest defense as, as well That's either. It, yeah yeah and so if we're able to to press that and we press them uh the their defense we should be able to create opportunities the thing is just finishing that's the thing that we need to do like, yeah, people yeah. people have been tweeting at me i was like when it where why isn't isa uh, Isa watch um, advocating for striker camp because um, apparently <laughs> we need that back. But you know, it's 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 kind of crazy. I mean, like we need to create those opportunities and we need to finish them, right? Exactly. And then yeah. um, and then and bring in sub substitutes. Bring in the substitutes that need to do that come in, so they can also create change in a sense, right? Like, yeah. Don't bring all the slow people on, right? Don't bring the <laughs> bunkers. Like, just you you want the you want the other team to be able to have to work while you're trying to protect the yeah. lead. So we'll see how that works out. I I wouldn't be surprised if we end up being like a one-one tie. Um, yeah, I can see that. But but it depends what Minnesota team shows up. So and who scores first? I think if if we get an early an early lead um, or even like an early tie. Uh, what we see typically is if, you know, if we go into the second half, not having scored um, or being down by one, uh, it just turns into a desperate 
attempt at finishing, which never ends well. Um, when we're at zero zero, it's just no finishing whatsoever, as we saw in Seattle. But getting that early goal and having that momentum moving forward, I think this midfield needs that spark. Uh, and even the way they played, like the last five minutes against Seattle, once, once they had that one goal, uh, they weren't exactly bunkering to to kill the last five minutes. Uh, they were still still pressing forward because they right. Had that and and I think that's what we need. We need that. Yep. Like yep. if you're gonna bunker, fine, bunker. But like yeah. But 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 best way to the best way to protect the lead is still playing soccer and like exactly. being aggressive and just trying to yep. stretch the field as much as you can, make them work for it, not make it easy for them, right? And mm-hmm. so we'll see what kind of what kind of game it should be a good one. It's gonna be a hot one. Um, mm-hmm. so go hydrate, hydrate now, you know, because right around the same time, um, it will be it will be gold cup time, right? There's the quarterfinals, <laughs> uh, Mexico plays Honduras at nine, all right, and I think at uh, La Selecta El Salvador plays Qatar at 6.30. Qatar is – you can't get more FIFA if Qatar ends up winning the Gold <laughs> Cup. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, go, go corruption in a sense. We'd be like, let's see how this works out. But, that's, but that's, I, I just loved pulling up, uh, getting live scores on my phone through the day and just seeing all the tweets that were like, what is Qatar doing here? <laughs> why are we watching Qatar right now? Um, yeah, it's it's going to be hilarious if they make that run. They probably will. I'm I'm sure they will. Actually, we'll see them again. We'll see. I mean, those are games that I'm going to try to keep my eyes on, right? Um, and then that's pretty much. Uh, then tomorrow. July 25th, we have the U.S. versus Jamaica and um, and Costa Rica or Calvo versus Canada. So that should be one <laughs> to watch. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, we'll see if Owen Gall shows up. Yeah, and NWSL news, uh, Washington Spirit um, lost to the Gotham FC. Um, do you guys, do you know more about the dismissal of uh, the Gotham FC um, that I think that happened like right after we recorded last time. Um, but it sounds the rumors are that there was probably a, a breach in the uh, professional protocol between like executives and players. Um, and it was like a, a policy thing. All right. Well, um, I'm happily to report that my Portland Thorns are still still close to the top. The Red Stars are, 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 are coming to start. The Dash, number three, in a sense. Uh, the Pride, who's having actually a good season for once uh, <laughs> with all their amazing players, are, are holding in into the fifth or sixth spot. Um, surprise for me has always been the courage and the spirit. I love watching the spirit play. Yeah. They're a yeah. fun team to watch. Definitely. Uh, Sanchez is great. I mean, they they got it all. So don't 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 look them out. You know, they're they're in the seventh place, right? And Eric's uh racing uh, Louisville. Um, it's not doing too bad. Uh, good old stuff. But you know, all rain in Kansas City, 
NWSL. Let's see, that's an old name. I still find that funny. Um, they're at the bottom, right? So, so we'll see. You know, yeah, we'll see what they're happens. still looking for. They're looking for an identity. They're they're playing fairly well. I mean, they they've had some some tough results at the end, and and with um, with the officiating, uh, but it's they're fun to watch still. Like they're not they're not winning every game. They're they've had a few draws, but they're still pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, to me, like watching the NWSL is just fun. Like you're watching yeah. fun soccer. Yeah. Like exactly, and that's the cool thing about this whole thing is like you're watching. You know, um, and so um, that's the thing. And I'm now that I'm back from being a tourist and um, <laughs> um, you know. Um, dealing with capital greed and whatnot i'm just I'm, I'm glad to be able to watch some soccer you've conquered um, jurassic park that's right i did sit at home and watch some soccer oh my god i'll tell you this is one story from jurassic park so the park closes like at the universal closes like at i think 10 uh right and so we're all walking around jurassic park like late at night because we just watched the uh the amazing uh, light show that happens at, oh, yeah. at Harry Potter world, uh, the wizarding, the wizarding um, world, the wizarding world. Um, so it was super cool. So like they kick you out, like they like, they don't let people stay. <laughs> they close the, <laughs> so they were like, we're walking to the Jurassic park in the middle of the night. And you're like, Holy cow, this looks just like the movie. And then we realized that the, that the water ride that they have, which is like a, like a raft drive. Right. Yeah was like no line whatsoever and like me and the, me and g and isa were like let's go so we jump we jump in and we get in there right and it's cool because you know you're like in this little boat right yeah and they take you to scenes that you've seen through the movie right so it's kind of cool you know and then you get into the part where like you, you you're in the raptors and all the stuff and then like the highlight for me of that for that part of the ride is that um you know those uh the, the little spitty dinosaurs in the first Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. So one yep. of them comes out and the, and then his mouth has got a water gun. So I get sprayed <laughs> in the face by one of those things. <laughs> and I overreacted because like, oh my God, I'm gonna but as we're as all these things are happening to the side, you're you you you're slowly moving up, right? And then you realize at the very top is a huge T-Rex that's like snarling and drooling at you. Oh my god. Mechanical, and you're like. You can't get out, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, how close are we to come to the thing?" So your full attention is at the at the T Rex, yeah. and when you're just about to get to the T Rex, you drop. <laughs> you drop into a pit of darkness. Oh my god! And, and and then you hit the water, and you're like, and you're like, and you're like, "Holy cow!" It's like we like it was like a probably sixty feet drop, seventy feet drop, like wow. totally like un, un, unavoidable. And we didn't notice it because we were so focused on everything else. Yeah. And then we're like, oh my gosh, we turned to each other. I was like, that was awesome. Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's uh you know that's I cool. love Jurassic Park. So there's a bunch of Jurassic Park pictures that I'm gonna have to post on later. But but before that, uh let's talk about our adopted um um adopted uh african cups uh team uh there is an update here for the international news that was from july 17th uh the kaiser chiefs lost to al ali 
which then makes RLE become the first ever team to lift the Total Energies trophy 10 Ooh. times. 10 times. That's crazy. That's, yeah, that's insane. That is insane, right? Um, and other Olympics news, because the Olympics started and it's been a mess trying to watch anything that's Olympic related. It's like it's like it's like I don't like like I at the hotel they had the like the MSNBC fee for the Olympics, right? Yeah. And it all looked like it was like just footage with no commentary. Like, like the highlights, and you're like, it's like it's like it's like it's like old dead sound, like you're just watching, like no sound whatsoever. I was like, what's going on? This is so weird and creepy. <laughs> I was just watching um equestrian was on uh, it, it was that or archery so we put on equestrian and it was funny because they have all the, all this really random music playing in the background and it seemed like maybe like the writers had picked the music and like put together these playlists and then we're like an hour in and the commentators finally say if it seems like they're choreographed to this music they're not like the stadium just played all this random music because there's obviously there's no spectators all you have is like the other teams um and the the <laughs> horse trainers so it's like a dead quiet stadium and the commentators don't have a whole lot to talk about um, there goes other the than like other, yeah other than being like yes yeah, so this move is called whatever and they have to do this three times uh, but they're like yeah so the music is playing for your enjoyment and to hold your attention <laughs> It's like it's like really bad elevator music. Exactly. Sense, right? Yes, it's such random. Like it went from like classical to like an acoustic version of a hip hop and pop songs. Right. And it like I, just, I remember watching oh the um, the softball between Italy and the USA, and like it was one of those games where you like it's so quiet. <laughs> Like I, I literally turned up the volume thinking I had muted I had muted my TV. <laughs> and I was like, no. no it's like there's no one saying it's like, like wow, this is just so weird. But this Olympic it's, has been yeah, so it's weird. Bizarre. And you know, um, you know, and because in adding to that, uh, reporting that two athletes in Tokyo, uh, at, at the Tokyo Olympics village tested positive for COVID. So so far, you know, making that three cases in total. Uh and also three fine. members. So Continue playing. Yeah. Let's just play. <laughs> Let's do that. Right. Um, play through it. It's fine. Libertadores is crazy. Liga MX, the only thing that you can really talk about is Cruz Azul was able to beat Leon. Um, so so that's, that, that's, you know, I'm a Cruz Azul fan. So is, uh, so is, uh, so is Elisa. So that's a good thing. But Libertadores has been crazy, right? Specifically Boca Juniors. Yeah. Where you, we seems we seem to be a Boca Seniors affiliate. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they 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 just rioted in some sort of sense of the locker room because of uh, VAR denied PKs, right? So typical, <laughs> typical Argentinian team thing to do, right? And so there you go. And then the rounds of sixteen, right? Um, our Barcelona SC from Ecuador defeated Vélez Arfield. Hmm, who used to coach Vélez Arfield? Gabriel Heinz. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Palmeiras was able to defeat Universidad de Católica. Argentinos Juniors lost to River Plate. Flamengo still in it. 4-1 with Defensa and Justicia, which is another Argentinian team. Uh, 
So, you know, things are, things are, uh, are, are looking up, you know, um, international loss to Olympia and PKs 5-4. So, so this Copa America, I mean, Copa America, Copa Libertadores is just turning even weirder. And another Olympic news, um, I didn't get to watch this game. I was, I was, I thought I was going to stay up to watch the Sweden versus USA game. Didn't make it. Was you not surprised make it to three thirty in the morning. No, no, <laughs> no, no, and 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 I'm not surprised that they lost. Like, I, no, like, neither am I. Like, I, I rolled out of bed. I, I had to work at eight, so I was not getting up at three thirty to, to watch a game. Um, but yeah, rolled rolled out of my bed and and pull up the scores and thought, oh, yeah, interesting. Okay, it's. Yeah, not not a huge surprise. Um, right. We know I did they... that, and I'd be like, "Time to go catch some Pokemon now." <laughs> but I mean, it's like the USA has been playing decently, but not not extremely fantastic. overbearing, dominant soccer. Yeah. And we knew that last time they lost in the Olympics was to also Sweden. So yep. that's and so um, so and every with all these exhibitions and friendlies that they've been playing uh they've kind of broadcast all of their issues so it's they're getting they're getting picked apart and it's in all the places that we expected them to get picked apart right and so but they ended up winning and defeating new zealand so um so i mean i mean as long as you qualify to the next round that's what it is that's right that's it's just it's just the the marathon not a not a sprint um, Great Britain defeated Chile 2 0. That's not part of that game. And I thought Chile was actually playing decently for once. Uh, Japan and Canada tied 1 uh, 1. Brazil is doing Brazil things. Uh, beat China 5 0. I watched this Zambia game versus the Netherlands. And like the Netherlands scored 10 goals. But Zambia has some players. And I keep thinking about it. It's like, oh, it's like, why is this so lopsided? And I keep thinking, it's like, when was the last time the Zambia national team maybe actually had a friendly, <laughs> right? Access to play, right? Long I mean, time. the last, a lot, you know, um, Australia was able to defeat New Zealand to one, um, and the men's side, uh, Mexico defeated France four to one. That was a big talk in our household, um, but you know, I think it, I think that was something that was going to happen. And Japan beat South Africa. I want to talk about Aberdeen FC because this is so freaking cool. So I couldn't get the uh, the the malware feed stream to watch. <laughs> so I had to really do this thing. But literally, um, Christian Ramirez in his first uh, involvement like to the team scores his fourth goal. It scores the fourth. As it was the fourth goal, it's three one at goal. that point. Yeah, yeah it goes the fourth goal, first goal for Everton FC, and like, gosh, I just I, I never get tired of celebrating Christian Ramirez goals. No, but was even cooler was um, that the team, the the supporter groups already have a, a song for him. Did you hear about this one? Uh, I saw that there was one, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, no, it's 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 one of those things that um, that um, I think. It, what it, let me see how it goes. It goes in a sense of. He's our number. 
Uh, he's our number nine. Um, she scores all the time. Christian Ramirez, right? Nice. So, so that's like that, that's yeah. So it's great. So I think that's one of the things that we do that. And it, it really was a classic. Yeah, it was a classic Ramirez goal, and right. they're they're playing exciting soccer now. Yeah, I'm really happy for them. So I like, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting more updates on that aspect of it. So, uh, so we'll end this episode with that amount of a good news. It's always good to celebrate a Superman goal and see them doing that. And hopefully the fam will be able to travel sometime soon over there. But I am, uh, I have nothing else left. How about no. you, Bridget? I got nothing. All right. So thank you, listeners. Thank you, um, everyone who is uh, supporting us and uh, on all the social medias. Um, if you go to the game, hydrate yourself. But um, yes. let us tweet at us. And let us know what we do. There might be one of us at, at the game uh, tweeting from our from our social media accounts to see what happens. So um, until then. Yeah. See you guys later. Ciao.